It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Drops the throw, steps up, floats a bomb up the right seam, looking for Anderson. He's got it. They're not going to catch him. He's going to go the distance. Touchdown. Sam Darnold dials it up to Robbie Anderson. 92 yards. Bell into the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. Pass thrown, there was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studios, coming to you courtesy of CBS Sports HQ, the brand new streaming sports news network, which has 24-7 live coverage of sports and costs you absolutely nothing, 100% free at all times, loaded with the things that I always look for in sports coverage, highlights, breaking news, fantasy advice, gambling picks, although I don't know that they're going to be as good as my brother Craig's, but still useful, and quality analysis. All those things are first rate on the CBS Sports HQ, and they're not something that you get very often from a lot of these big-time sports personalities, <laughs> Skip Bayless. And the best part is, not only is it completely free, 24-7, it doesn't even require a subscription or a login. You just download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Apple TV, Roku, Fire TV, and any other connected device at any time to watch CBS Sports HQ. No fake debates, just sports for real sports fans, just like you get here on Play Like a Jet, at the great price of absolutely nothing. You don't even have to log in or sign up for anything. Download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And this is the Jet Steelers pregame report. So for that, we bring in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And, of course, above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, when Ed Reed does an Instagram video from the Jets facility and makes a bunch of cryptic comments that seem to be a veiled shot at Adam Gase, I think that it's something worth starting the show about. What do you think? I mean, I don't see how, you, how we start anywhere else. First of all, as I told you before we started recording, Ed Reed's beard is amazing, and he looks like Elton Limehouse's long-lost cousin from Justified. So let's just put that out on the table right away. Second, there's a one-minute Instagram video on Ed Reed's Instagram where he talks about guys being unqualified for jobs and thinking that just because they got gifted a position that that means that they know what they're doing. He's doing this at the Jets facility. It sure feels like he's talking about Adam Gase. I have no idea who else he could be talking about. And then on Instagram, when somebody sent a message at Ed Reed saying, thank you, hashtag fire Adam Gase, Ed Reed wrote back, oh, snap. So it's not like he's going out of his way to deny that this is about Adam Gase. This is some crazy stuff, right, Chris? This is crazy. Um, I have just an addendum on your Ed Reed's beard is awesome. Ed Reed is awesome. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that anything that Ed Reed says goes, and those are the rules we have to live by from uh, henceforth forward. So if he says Adam Gase has to go, then Christopher Johnson needs to listen to him because this is Ed Reed we're talking about here. Second off, 
apparently, I don't know. Apparently he's become an expert director in his, with this free time, not playing anymore. <laughs> because the way he shot this video was expertly done. He, he starts talking and there's all the lighting is blinding all the, everything in the background. So you told me about this and I haven't been on Twitter. So I, I didn't see it. You told me about it. And I'm like, what do you mean he's at the facilities? I can't see where he is. It's just blind, blind, blind. And then right when you like, he gets the meat of what he's saying, all of a sudden the light fades away and it becomes crystal clear where he is. He, it's like he's making a point to reveal at that moment in time, I am in the Jets facility right <laughs> now. You can see these banners hanging up. You can see Webb Eubank. You can see all these guys up here on the wall. And I'm saying this now, here, with this all in the background, I don't want to go straight to the reaction that's what he's doing, but what else could he possibly be doing and saying with this video? I really have no idea what else it could possibly be. I don't think he's talking about Joe Douglas, who was probably the one that brought Ed Reed in there. And Ed Reed obviously has connections to Douglas from their time together with the Baltimore Ravens. I suppose it, it could be, be Christopher Johnson player. because he mentioned about being gifted a position. And I guess that could harken back to Woody Johnson putting Chris in charge while he's overseas in England. That's a possibility. But just based on the way that he's positioned and the reveal, like you were saying, Chris, and exactly the context of what he's talking about in relation to where he's standing on the field during practice, it really just feels like there's nobody else he could be talking about other than Adam Gase. It's not like he's talking about Greg Williams. There are a lot of things you could say about Greg Williams, but I've never once heard anybody question whether or not he's earned his job as a defensive coordinator. Yeah, there's, I mean, it's just there's no way he's talking about Greg Williams. I, I don't know this for a provable fact. I don't have any quotes from Ed Reed to back this up. But I guarantee you, Ed Reed respects the hell out of Greg Williams. Greg Williams has been coaching this league a long time, and he's been a good coach for a long time. So I guarantee you he respects the hell out of Greg Williams. I can say there's no such thing about Adam Gase. And again, I, I, I've been sitting here since we watched this trying to think of any other reason why he's doing that, where he's doing that, and saying it and releasing it. And I got nothing. And – Ed Reed is the exact type of person who would do this just like that. So uh, I, I fall back on Occam's razor. This is the simplest explanation is usually the right explanation. And he seems to be leaning into it. I, what else could it possibly be? It sure fits with what we had heard earlier in the day from Matt Miller of Bleacher Report. And our buddy Connor Rogers also added a little bit on Twitter to this because, as you know, he co-hosts Stick to Football with Matt Miller. And here's the line from Matt Miller's report. One guy told me Adam Gase has lost the respect of the locker room with his tough guy BS attitude and the team's lack of any plan offensively. Guys actually respect Greg Williams, the player said, but no one respects Adam Gase. Now, Chris... I've heard this many, many times that Adam Gase is not respected by a large chunk of the locker room. I don't know how many players, but from what I understand, it's a lot of them. And it's enough to make a significant difference in the composition of that locker room. But again, 
the whole contrast here between Greg Williams and Adam Gase comes to the forefront because people could accuse Greg Williams of the same tough guy BS attitude, but the reason that people respect Greg Williams is because they see what he's doing. They see the fact that he's putting out a very competitive defense, in fact, a top 10 defense, Every week, despite the fact that that unit's been ravaged by injuries and he's down to third stringers at several positions, whereas Adam Gase, as the report says, is not doing anything with the offense to get people to respect his efforts, even if he's staying at the building 16 hours a day, people aren't seeing the same quality out of the offense that they're seeing out of the defense. They're seeing a lot of excuses, and it's not resonating with the locker room. Does this more or less match what you've been hearing as far as how the players view Adam Gase at this point? Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, you know, I'm not going as anywhere near as far as saying no one in the locker room respects Adam Gase. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know a few weeks ago I was asking around there were there and there were a few definitely a decent amount of people who still believed him and and uh, and everything. But that I know for a fact that there are players in this that locker room that they're not fans of Gase. Uh, they're not fans of the way he conducts himself. Uh, they're not fans of the way he runs things. And they're just they, – the thing is they just don't believe in him as a coach. That's most first and foremost. Um, you talked about the fake tough guy bravado act. And really, this is the NFL. You can say that about every single coach in this league. Um, so that is, isn't going to turn players off by itself, um, that they're used to that, but if they don't believe in your ability to coach and lead, that is one of the first things that players will throw out, uh, when critics to criticize a coach is they will go right to that. Well, and really that what they're just saying is we don't believe you. Uh, we, we don't believe you. We need more people. Just know, and we don't trust you. We don't uh, agree with you. And I know for a, for a fact that there are players in that locker room that have felt like that for a while. There are still some that that believe in them. It's not the uh, whole team yet. Um, and then, of course, there's a, a good chunk of the players that I don't know where they stand yet. I, I'm not going to sit here and say I went through and talked to each and every player about this specifically. But I've I've got I've talked to a bunch and I got a pretty good feel that yeah there there is a not insignificant portion of this roster that does not believe in Adam Gase. Chris, let's get into the keys to the game between the Jets and the Steelers now. There's not a whole heck of a lot that we really need to talk about. The real bottom line here is the Steelers can't score points, but they have an awesome defense. So if the Jets can find a way to put points on the board early and keep the Steelers on their toes, the Steelers are not a team that's going to be able to make any kind of comeback. The Steelers thrive on being able to keep opponents down and being able to keep them from scoring. If they can do that in this game, they should have a very, very good chance to win. But if Sam Darnold can find a way to play well against this excellent Steelers defense, which includes not one but two Defensive Player of the Year candidates, in Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt, then we're going to see a Jets team that has a real chance to beat a playoff contender in their home finale. So what do you think, Chris? Those two things sound pretty much like the keys to the game in and of themselves? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. The the keys to the game are going to be as much as, obviously, Jets have to score points on offense. 
equally, they have to keep the ball away from Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt and not allow the Steelers defense to score points because that's probably the Steelers best chance of scoring points. And then the other key is just, you know, take advantage of Duck Hodges being Duck Hodges. Uh, remember when Tomlin made the switch to him, he said that Duck hasn't killed them. Well, Duck killed them last week against the Bills. So uh, if the Jets were going to win this game, then uh, look for Duck to kill him again. Take advantage of that and try to capitalize off his mistakes as well. But the key for Darnold, obviously, score, score some points. Don't need to put up 30-something points against this team. But keep the ball out of Minka Fitzpatrick's hands, that's for sure, and stop that pass rush or at least figure a way around it. You have a prediction, Chris? I'm going to go with 20-17 to 17 Steelers. I think it's going to be close. I think the Steelers are going to struggle to score points, but they'll do just enough to beat the Jets. I think that Darnold will make some nice plays. They'll even get a touchdown or two. But I don't think that they're going to have that much success against a really strong Steelers defense that I'm sure will have Darnold under duress all day. And so I think a 20-17 to 17 final score fits because it means that there's not going to be a ton of offense, but there will be moments for Darnold in this game. I just don't think there are going to be enough of them. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I mean, this is one of those coin flip games. I could see it going either way without any issue. There's not much that would surprise me here. Uh, I'll lean to the Steelers winning too. Uh, I don't we don't know what's gonna if Robbie's gonna be able to play with his illness, Merrick Thomas, all this stuff. So I just don't know about the, they have enough weapons to do anything in offense. So I'll, I'll say the Steelers win. I'll go seventeen thirteen. But you could really just flip that. It's it it's I'm just taking a, a wild guess there. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Now it's time for the injury report, and for that we bring in our 35-year orthopedic surgeon who is the medical expert for this show on all things involving injuries, and that, of course, is Dr. Steven Stoller. Doc, how you doing? I'm doing well, Scott. How are you? I'm doing well, and as I told you before we started recording, thank God for Amazon Prime. It's really made last-minute shopping so much easier, so big weight off of my shoulders, but unfortunately... There is a weight still on the shoulders of the Jets because they've got some injury questions heading into this game against the Pittsburgh Steelers at MetLife Stadium later today. Two guys look like definitely won't be playing. One of them is Demarius Thomas, who's been listed on this injury report every single week since he got here. The other is Tom Compton. Talk to me about these two, Doc. Well, Tom Compton has a uh, tear of the uh, calf muscle or a strain to... Uh, the gastrocnemius where the, the muscle and the tendon are connected. And um, being that he hasn't participated, must be um, pretty large. What happens is once you have the tear, you bleed into the muscle belly and the blood eventually becomes an irritant to that area. So uh, every time you push off on your foot, you're going to um, stress that area and it's very painful. So, if he's unable to, you know, push off, then he loses the strength and um, the inability to, you know, run. So, yeah, he he's not going to be able to play, and he'll probably have to rehab for a week or two. Um, Demarius Thomas is listed for his hamstring and knee. Being that he's been listed for his hamstring for the entire season, I doubt that that's the cause for him not to participate in practice. So I would have to think that it's his knee, and I haven't seen any reports or an MRI that he has any structural uh, damage to his knee 
But, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But it looks like it's unlikely that he'll play on Sunday. Doc, before we get into the rest of the injury report, tell me a little bit about Chuma Adoga. He got moved to injured reserve officially this past week. What's the prognosis looking like with him? Well, his prognosis is good, but the injury, you know, takes a, uh, at least six weeks for it to heal. And if you um, stress it earlier than that, then you then you will have a poor prognosis. So, you know, I, I, I think that he should have been on injured reserve uh, as soon as they found out he had this injury because there were only a couple of games left. And um, so... Apparently, he's now on it, but I think he should have a full recovery. Now let's get into the guys that are listed as questionable on the injury report, and we'll start with Jamal Adams. What's going on with him? Jamal Adams has a uh, ankle sprain, not a high ankle sprain, and he did play three quarters with the ankle sprain when he um, injured uh, the previous game. Uh, before uh, last week, and uh, he sh- should be able to play. He's been on limited uh, participation in practice, and I would imagine by taping him uh, and or putting him in a functional brace that he, should, that he probably is going to play. Quinton Williams. Quinton Williams has a, uh, a stinger, um, and I know that you, you have questioned, like, how come they call it a stinger? I always thought it was a burner or vice versa. But both terms are used, and they're really not medical terms. It's um, What happens is when the head is forcefully pushed away from the shoulder, the nerves get stretched and um, mildly injured, and that's called a neuropraxia. And what the patients report is they get a shooting a burning pain down their arm or stinging pain down their arm, like an electrical current. And this lasts just for seconds. But what can happen is you can have temporary numbness or weakness in that uh, extremity or or arm. So they're tested for it. And once the numbness or weakness, if they have it, uh, subsides and, they're able to return to practice if this is the first episode uh, that they had this injury. If it's an injury that they've had multiple times, then you have to do a lot of diagnostic testing of the neck to see if there's like a congenital uh, reason for having this uh, a problem. And if that's the case, then, you know, significant steps have to be taken to prevent the player from having a severe injury. But it looks to me like this is probably his first episode and he'll probably play on Sunday. Brian Poole. Uh, Brian Poole has a concussion and this is his second week and he's unlimited practice. So either he's not fully recovered from the um, tests that they use for the concussion protocol or that he's still having uh, symptoms. So um, I would think that it's probably not a good chance he's going to play on Sunday. Um, if it goes on for another week, then you have to worry about this becoming a problem in the future. Because if this was a significant concussion, then the likelihood of having others are greater. So hopefully he will play um, Sunday. 
Robbie Anderson. Um, Robbie Anderson has a upper respiratory infection. At least that's what I would assume with all the illnesses. It's this time of year. Um, that's what Le'Veon Bell had. So it's not uncommon for this to be contagious and for other players to um, get infected as a result of it. And one of the things I've, I've read is that the same thing was going on with the Patriots. So Bill Belichick being Bill Belichick was smart enough to put his players on a separate plane uh, going to and from a away game. So it's not to infect the rest of the team but with the air that's recycled in a, an airplane. So um, I guess just being around each other, you can have several you know, players – which I see B.J. Bellow and Bennett Jackson also have are listed as an illness with limited practice, and it's probably all related to an upper respiratory infection that's contagious. Arthur Millette. Um, Arthur Millette has a calf and um, a strain, and even though he's limited practice, uh, this isn't the first week that he's had it, so I would think that there's a reasonable chance that he could play. Kelvin Beecham. Um, he has two bilateral ankle sprains. One is a high ankle sprain, which takes longer for it to heal, and the other was uh, uh, a standard ankle sprain. But being that these are older injuries, uh, he's probably unlimited practice not to aggravate it, and I would think that he'd be able to uh, play on Sunday. Henry Anderson. Henry Anderson, you know, again, is interesting because – you know, weeks ago, he was listed as having an AC separation, which was mild. And that should uh, usually be asymptomatic in about t- 10 days to two weeks. Um, but the fact that he's been listed every week for uh, multiple of weeks, and he's now at limited practice throughout the week, I would be shocked that when the season's over that you see him on the surgical schedule. Steve McClendon. Steve McClendon is listed as a hip and knee. Um, I don't have any reports of any structural damage to either one. I would assume, you know, at this time of the year that they have multiple contusions and soft tissue injuries to their body, which, you know, if this is, especially if this is on the, you know, the same side, that it would be more difficult for him to, participate but being that he's in limited participation i think there's probably a reasonable chance that he'll be able to play on sunday Bilal powell Bilal powell has an ankle sprain he sat out last week you know unless it's a high ankle sprain you know with uh, tape ankle bracing both um and sometimes when you see him uh, tape the ankle they also tape the shoe to the ankle to give it more stability. And um, I would think that, you know, there's a reasonable chance that he'll play on Sunday. Doc, thanks so much for coming on, as always, and talking about all the injuries going on around the New York Jets. Boy, there have been a ton of them this year. And now we are just about at the end of the season. One week left to go after this. 
Looking forward to talking to you again next week for the finale against the Buffalo Bills. In the meantime, first of all, have yourself a Merry Christmas. And second of all, why don't you go ahead and let everybody know where they can get a hold of you if they want to talk to you about injuries or just anything in general, including the Jets, because I know you love to talk about the Jets. Uh, I'm on Twitter um, with as Steven Stoller, MD, and also as the aging athlete. And so you can get in touch with me either way, and I'd be glad to – um, answer any of your questions or just discuss the uh, Jets in general. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Now it's time to make you a couple bucks on this Sunday. And so for that, we bring in my brother Craig for his weekly picks, courtesy of the Vivid Seats mobile app. If you haven't gotten the Christmas presents you've needed to get for every single person in your life that you need to shop for, this is the perfect last second gift for you because everyone you know wants tickets to something. Maybe they want tickets to a football game in the playoffs. They might want to make a drive out to Baltimore to see Lamar Jackson in the Baltimore Ravens. Perhaps a basketball game, a hockey game, a concert, a boxing match, a wrestling match. Whatever it is you want to get, you can grab it for them on the Vivid Seats mobile app. Just use the promo code OVERTIME and you'll get yourself up to 100 bucks off on your very first purchase. Like I said, it's perfect for the procrastinator this Christmas season. Get yourself a gift for somebody that you've been looking to get one for but haven't had the time or haven't had the right thought of what gift to get them. This is it for them. Go to the Vivid Seats mobile app, download it right now, use the promo code OVERTIME, and you'll get yourself up to 100 bucks off on your very first purchase. Craig... Something big in your life has happened since the last time you were on the show. You got yourself a pizza at Pizza Hut. No, that's not it. There was something else that happened, right? Oh, yes. I am now a dad. I have a almost two-week-old daughter now. So, yeah, it's been, been amazing. It's crazy looking and seeing a little baby that kind of resembles you. So it's been crazy, man. I mean, definitely she kept my wife up all night last night, but uh, yeah, things are things are going good. Everything's good. Congratulations, Craig! I can hear the exhaustion in your voice. <laughs> welcome to fatherhood, sir, and also welcome back to the show where we can discuss your picks. Who do you have for your first pick this week? All right, so this week now we're getting toward the playoffs. So I figured for most of my picks, I'm gonna. I know no nobody really wants me to start picking teams that have three, four wins. I could pick the uh, Cincinnati-Miami game, but I don't know if anybody will be interested in that. So I figured this week I'm going to go pick the games that are the meaningful ones. So I'm going to start it off with probably the most meaningful game of the week, and uh, I'm going to pick the Dallas-Philly game, and I'm going to go with Eagles plus two at home in this one. Heard a lot of analysts, a lot of people saying they like Dallas. I know the Eagles have struggled badly. They don't have much talent on the offense this year, but, you know, I, I do like them at home this year. They have the experience, and I, I, I think they're going to take this one and, and win the division. And honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised if they wound up winning a game in the playoffs as well. So I like the Eagles with this one, plus the two at home against Dallas. 
That's a tough call. I think both teams have had their up and downs. Overall, I think the Cowboys have a more talented roster, but this game is in Philly, and I always go with the home team when I'm conflicted as to who I think is going to win. So I'm with you on that. I like Philly in this one. For your second pick, let's get a little bit closer to home. Philly's not that far, but how about MetLife Stadium for the Jets and the Steelers? No playoff implications here for the Jets, but certainly playoff implications for the Steelers. Who do you like in this one? Agreed. So, you know, obviously hasn't been the season we've wanted for the Jets, although there has been a couple good signs. I mean, after starting off 1-7, and seven, the Jets have definitely shown some signs of improvement, and hopefully they can bring it into next season and you know, I just think, again, Pittsburgh's kind of like a little overachieved to me this season. Mike Tomlin's done a great job being 8-6. and six. A little bit of a letdown game last week, losing to Buffalo. But I think Jets here, I think they're going to finish the season strong. I wouldn't even be totally shocked if they win these final two games. And, you know, I think they're going to bring a lot of momentum into next season, which is good for us Jets fans. I, I like what I've been seeing out of Darnold. I know, again, still making some mistakes and Nothing's perfect, but I like the Jets plus the three and a half at home here. I think they're going to play spoilers and possibly knock Pittsburgh out of the playoffs. So I like the Jets plus the three and a half. I kind of like that too. I think that this is a situation where it could go either way. The Steelers have a great defense, but their offense can't score any points. It is at home for the Jets. Sam Darnold has played pretty well of late. I know that there haven't been those eye-popping stats, but if you watch the film, he's really looked good. He had some really nice moments against the Ravens, including that incredible pass to Jamison Crowder for a touchdown. Believe it or not, and I've said this all week, but it's true, if this becomes a battle of offenses, the Jets have the advantage. And so I think that if they can at least put some points on the board early, they can keep Pittsburgh on their toes. Even if Pittsburgh wins, I think it's going to be a close one because of the fact that they have so much trouble on offense. So in this situation, when you're getting three and a half, that three points and that half point swing becomes so crucial, especially when you're talking about a home team. So I'm with you. I like the Jets plus three and a half here as well. Craig, let's take a trip now from the East Coast where you made your first two picks to the middle of the country for the Monday night game between the Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers. This is a big game because the Packers won the first time, but this rematch, which is in Minnesota, could determine who wins that division. Because if the Vikings win, their records would be tied heading into the last week of the season, putting the division on the table for Week 17. So this is a huge one for both Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and his counterpart, Kirk Cousins, and the Minnesota Vikings. I'm really looking forward to it. Who do you like here? So yeah, this last couple of weeks of NFL is pretty interesting. We already talked about the Dallas-Philly game. That's pretty much a win-or-go-home type of situation, even though the Dallas could still technically win that division if they lose this week, but most likely, you know, that that's pretty much a win the division or be out of the playoffs game. And then you got this game on Monday night, and then next week is a huge game. We got Seattle and San Francisco, and that could that could literally be the difference between being a one seed and having a bye to being a five seed and potentially getting knocked out in the first round. So a couple, couple interesting games here. And uh, so, yeah, back to this Green Bay-Minnesota game. Like you said, Green Bay – Won the first matchup earlier in the season. You know, again, uh, five-and-a-half-point spread here. Pretty big spread. Monday night game. Easy to say, hey, I like Aaron Rodgers with the points. Division game. But, you know, I'm actually going to go the opposite here. I I like Minnesota. I think Monday night, I think they're just going to 
I think they're going to put a lot of pressure on Rodgers. I see Cousins having a big game. I, I honestly think Minnesota wins this game by two touchdowns. I think I, I really like Minnesota. I think the fans are going to be riled up Monday night. Huge game. Possibly, you know, this could make or break either team season here. You know, difference between possibly getting about the same situation as the San Francisco Seattle, possibly between being the six seed or the three seed or even the two seed. So, big game. I like Minnesota. I'm torn on this one, Craig, because I think Minnesota is going to win the game, but that is an awfully high spread for a game where I think you could make the case that Green Bay is the better team. So even if you're giving the home field advantage to the Vikings, it seems like a pretty big spread considering the gap there between the two teams. That said, I could totally see your point on that pick. I think if Minnesota gets out to an early lead, they do have a really strong pass rush if they can get in Aaron Rodgers' face with the crowd roaring. This could be an ugly day for the Packers. I'm not sure how it would go on this just because, like I said, just from the eye test, that point spread looks weird to me. But you've got a point. Certainly, Minnesota could put themselves in the catbird seat if they win this game, and I'm really looking forward to watching it on Monday night. Craig, we have reached teaser time, so who do you got this week in your teaser? Okay, so first pick in my teaser, I'm going to go team. Again, really everything's going to come down to the final week here for Seattle and San Francisco, but that being said, I still think Seattle takes care of business this week. They're at home against Arizona, giving nine, so with the teaser, it'll be minus two, so I'm going to I'm going to say Seattle handles Arizona pretty easily this week and take them minus two as my first pick in my teaser. I like that. I think Seattle is one of the best teams in the league. I actually picked them to go to the Super Bowl. And as you said, week 17 is going to be a huge game against San Francisco. It could mean the difference between a bye and a wild card. So Seattle's got to take care of business. If there's any coach besides Bill Belichick that you would trust to have his team ready for this game and not fall into a trap, it would be Pete Carroll. I think Seattle wins this one big, but with the teaser, you only have to give two points. So as long as they win by a field goal or more, you're golden. And I like that pick a lot. And my second pick is going to be one of my regular picks that I took already and I'm going to go with the Jets plus 10 and a half again I just Pittsburgh is just a mediocre team to me again I'm not saying the Jets are anything special but even if the Jets don't win this game I, I see it being a close game so I, I'll be very surprised the Jets lose this game by two touchdowns I, I, just, I don't see that happening I think Darnold plays plays well and it'll be a close game so I, I like the Jets plus 10 and a half I agree. I think the only way that Pittsburgh has a chance to win this one by more than 10.5 points is if Darnold throws a pick six or two, or if he fumbles and it ends up getting returned for a touchdown. Pittsburgh just doesn't have the offensive firepower to score enough points to be able to get over on the Jets like that. So if something like that happens... I think it's possible, but I don't think that it's all that likely, so I'm with you. I think that even though the Steelers very well may win this game, it's almost assuredly not going to be by more than 10.5 points. Craig, thanks so much for joining me this week to break down your picks. We'll do this again next week for the end of the regular season, and then obviously you'll join me to do this throughout the playoffs because that's really when the betting action picks up. Tons of people pour in money for playoff betting, so I'm looking forward to getting your expertise on that. In the meantime, why don't you go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you. And by the way, I should say, Merry Christmas. I've said this to you off the air, but I want to say it on the air too. Merry Christmas, and your gifts will be arriving shortly. I hope you like them, and if you don't, sorry, I did my best. <laughs> uh, I'm, 
I'm sure I like them. Anyway, I wanted to give one pick. Something's, I don't know, something has just been telling me the last few weeks, and I was just looking at the odds. If you want to throw a little future bet out there, I like Kansas City Chiefs plus 700, so 7-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. I, I, something has just been telling me all season. I know they've, I know Mahomes got hurt a little bit, and they're not probably not going to get a bye, but I don't know. I really like the Chiefs to win, at least go to the Super Bowl this year. I'd seven, I know everyone's talking Ravens, and obviously there's – Tom Brady, don't count him out, but some some just telling me Kansas City this is it's their year this year. So I like Kansas City plus seven hundred. If you want to throw a little hundred bucks, take a shot. I like Kansas City to win win it this year. A little Christmas gift from Craig to you: the opportunity to perhaps cash in on his wisdom. Seven to one odds that the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Not a terrible bet, especially when you have an offense that's that strong. Patrick Mahomes hasn't been as good this season as he was last season, but we all know what he's capable of. We all know what that Chiefs offense is capable of. So a seven to one bet seems like a decent shot. Craig, again, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Before you go, I know you gave this gift. Why don't you go ahead and let everybody know where they can get a hold of you if they want to wish you a Merry Christmas, if they want to pick your brain about gambling, or if they just want to talk to you in general, or congratulate you for having a brand new baby girl. Uh, yeah, so if anybody wants to get a hold of me, cmace86 at AOL.com or Craig Mason on Facebook. And yeah, if you want to just pick my brain, I did... Uh, oh yeah, I forgot to mention, even with having the baby, I did... I did slide into the uh, Five Diamond Classic at the Bellagio this week. Got knocked out at the end of the second day, unfortunately, but it was nice to get back on the tables and play. Felt felt good. I was playing good, so ready to get involved in whatever the next tournament out here is. But so yeah, if you want to reach out to me, poker, sports, whatever, cmace eighty six aol dot com or Craig Mason on Facebook. Well, how about that? Because of the Ed Reed story and the story that Matt Miller had about Adam Gase combined with another really long injury report and some great gambling tips. We didn't even have enough time to get back into the mailbag, but have no fear. We will do that soon. Chris and I will hold on to your questions and we'll answer them sometime after Christmas. For now, though, make sure that you follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Read his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.